Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Monday edition is here from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're all with us. With Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, the entire crew from Outkick making it happen. David Reed, the chairman of the board. What a football weekend across the NFL. We're going to break it down over the next three hours. Thoughts, opinion, analysis, uh, a lot coming over the, the next three hours as we get into what we saw, which was an all-time classic last night between the Chiefs and the Bills and some great finishes across the divisional weekend. Guys, can you believe that Tom Brady may retire? And that's the third biggest headline coming out of the weekend right now. I can't believe that on Saturday night when that day of games ended, those two games, I was sitting there scratching my head thinking, wow, we just saw two playoff games end on a last-second field goal in one day. And then we get to the next day, and wow, we had two more games end or at least get to an overtime on a last-second field goal in the same day. Incredible weekend. After a dud of a wild-card weekend, boy, does the NFL ever bounce back with that weekend of games that we just witnessed. Uh, it can't be any better than that. <clears throat> I think the Tom Brady stuff for all the talk over all the years, is going to wind up to be nonsense. And so I'm glad it's the third biggest story, if it's that, out of these games. And the Kansas City-Buffalo game, well, I'm disappointed in the result because I was on the Bills, and I feel like the the, the Bills, you know, <laughs> you can't say they were the better team. I don't feel like any team lost last night. I, I know, yeah, it's, it's hard. Just, uh, it's hard had to the ball last. It's hard to watch Josh Allen I, walk I hate off it defeated. for the Bills fans. Yeah. I feel like Bills fans... Deserve. were the ultimate losers last night because they have had a lifetime of Music City Miracle-esque type endings yeah. to, to their games and losing in four straight Super Bowls and everything else. And I've got Bills fans in my family that I was thinking about. 13 seconds. 13 seconds left. You just have to keep them out of field goal range. And all of the different things that had to go right for Patrick Mahomes to put the Chiefs in field goal range to get that. They win the coin toss. Go down and score a touchdown. It was brutal for the fans, but Hutton, I agree with you. I leave that game, even with Nance and Romo. I mean, it felt like both teams won. It did. Patrick Mahomes sprinting to Josh Allen to c congratulate him, to console him, but congratulate him on his epic performance in that game. It was unbelievably good. I, I, I mean, I was all in to that game like everybody was. But we so devalue defense now in something like that that we're all in on the offense. The defenses are exhausted, obviously. But the fact that there's no conversation about the inability of anybody to make a stop, really. I mean, in talking about how Allen was unstoppable and Mahomes was unstoppable, nobody said anything about the defense's inability to make a single play. 
which if you really dig down on it is is the story of the game also right the bills are the number one defense they're the number one third down if they get one stop somewhere there and then the squib kick becomes a conversation after the fact i wasn't thinking of it at the moment but you're not scared of the kick returner more than you're scared of mahomes 13 seconds seems like it's impossible but in hindsight you say well you got to keep everything. Now the f- football has become with these great quarterbacks, you have to give the guy literally no time. But they, And to give him no time, you've got to take some time off the clock with a kick returner who's dangerous but not as dangerous as Mahomes. That is the exact reason why the Chargers go for it on fourth down so much when they play the Chiefs. Right. It's exactly it what happened nothing. in two minutes. You can't give the guy any, any time. time. And and that and he write he rewrites the script again. Mahomes does when he has the ball last. They, I mean, that game had twenty five points after the two minute warning. They're in that, prevent. That's there. incredible. They're in prevent there when they give up Hill nineteen and Kelsey plus twenty five. They're not jammed at all. And I think you know we're not going to the micro level there. But when those Buffalo coaches review that. I just defensively, you've got well, to do something different there to make sure well, it can well, but, but, but Chad, the thing is, but defensively, they got to do something different. What the Chiefs did, they've never shown on film. Kelsey and Mahomes admitted post game that they, they grew, that, that they they got together and they drew up that play in the dirt right before they ran that play with 13 seconds left. They did something that the route doesn't call right. for, and the Bills had never seen. But at the line of scrimmage, they can reroute them so if they're running that route that's fine but they can alter the timing of it that nobody does it i'm not saying well, that the throw to kelsey but you got to start thinking about doing it t- so the two things that really just it, it was great offense and great quarterback play no doubt but to your point paul about the defense how do you let the guy that gets his fourth touchdown wide open on fourth and 13 where you have a chance to win the game but that was the first one. That was one of the two the late slipped, touchdowns. The where, Buffalo touchdown. No, the, the Buffalo touchdown where the Chiefs got these behind the defense yeah. wide open. And, of course, Josh Allen throws a laser beam right to him, almost knocks him over in the end zone when he's wide open. He throws it so hard to him. And then the Kelsey play, you hear Romo even say, oh, you heard a little – he did the little outside leverage fake and then turned up to the middle – and you saw it right away that they were going to hit him for a big play and have plenty of time to catch it, get down, kick the field goal. It can't be that easy. It can't be that easy for Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes to have one read. That read fakes to the outside, cuts back a little bit to the middle, and the ball's right on the... It can't be that easy if you're the Bills defense in that moment. Or how about the Hill touchdown, right? If you're tired on the crosser where he, he took it across and then turned up, okay? If you're tired defensive backs, then don't you maximize your angle and say, I'm tired, I need to take even a, a less extreme angle. And instead, those, those safeties and corners are run by Hut like that. Like they have no chance when he's cutting across the field. You have to give yourself extra chance, right? I'm going to give him five more yards of angle because I know I'm tired and he's super fast. Just, I mean, the offense was rid- ridiculous. The the inside two minute stuff and the overtime, and then we get to the coin toss. And look, I've I've been a a, a long lingerer on. I'm okay with it. This this is the one that breaks my my back. On you, you just can't do it this way. The other team has to has to get 
the ball. Absolutely. I mean, don't we all agree if if Buffalo wins the toss, they, they win, win the, the game. game? Yes. Yeah. That, that's what the game then came that's, down that's to. That's the problem. And that that I've long argued that that's the problem with this is the way it's that game was trending. Now. Two exhausted defenses, two great quarterbacks, great offensive weapons everywhere. Whoever wins that coin toss wins the game. And the Chiefs went down and easily scored a touchdown to end it. Uh, I saw, I think uh, Clay Travis tweeted it, not going to the college overtime rule, but just playing a quarter. I don't know what that does for health and safety and all that, but just play 15 minutes out and see what happens. And if it's tied after 15 minutes, you go and play I'm another not, quarter. I'm not big on different rules in the regular season go, and it, the postseason. Just in playoff games. In a playoff game, though, a full quarter wouldn't bother. Well, I don't, I don't understand that line of thinking because we all love the NHL overtime where they just play and play and play. Until someone scores, that's not the regular season rule. They go to a shootout quickly. Who's objecting to that in the playoffs? Why would yeah. we object to the well, NFL it's part doing of the it? Fabric of the game. Well, despite the despite how the game finished with the with the Bills not having possession, it was just an outstanding. Everyone left feeling like they had seen something great. And you asked it, I mean, about that, this. That was a all time great game. You asked about this topping the Cowboys rating. And I said, I think you asked, one of you two asked, asked about it, it last yeah. week. And I said, no way, because of the Cowboy thing. This rating now on the building of this game as it went, I think could be an all-timer. Because the word of mouth, if you weren't watching this game and you had somebody's calling you, texting you, whatever, the ratings for the fourth quarter of this game and that end had to be I, I'll take it a step further. I feel bad for anyone who didn't watch that game. I, I I will feel bad for the sporting public if that Cowboys 49ers game was a better rating than that one just because they're the Cowboys. Because that had a great finish. That was not a great football game throughout. That was a great football game that we witnessed last night. You mentioned about Staley going for fourth downs all the time. The Bills to go for fourth twice on that first drive and score a touchdown. That's the mentality you bring into Arrowhead in the playoffs. I thought it was just superb start to finish that game, especially in the end. Somebody sent out last night, tweeted the NFL's top 100 games. I guess there was a ranking at some point, an official thing. The top 10, greatest game ever played, Baltimore Giants 1958 championship. The catch is number two, 81 NFC championship. Ice Bowl third, the epic in Miami, the 81 AFC divisional between Miami and San Diego. David Tyree's helmet catch, Super Bowl in 2007, Giants, New England. The guarantee, Super Bowl three. The comeback in 92, Buffalo, Houston. Malcolm Butler's goal line interception, Super Bowl uh, 28-3 comeback, and wide right. There is room on this list. I don't know where for this game. Absolutely. And there will be more. I mean, think about what the Bills and, be known and, and as 13 Chiefs seconds, right? have done over the last three games. The combined score, they've played three times in 365 days. And the score right now is Kansas City 100, Buffalo 98. That's the, that's the score. I mean, I, I felt like I was watching the start of Brady Manning starting all over again. That's what everybody's saying. With those two. But here's the difference. Those guys can do so much more. They were their leading rushers for their team yesterday. I mean, that's not – don't get me wrong. Huge Peyton Manning guy, huge Tom Brady guy. This is a different football game these two quarterbacks play with their ability to run, their ability to get out of pressure, to make sidearm, odd angle slot throws. It was amazing to watch, and I, I just can't help but think, boy, we, we saw – we are now witnessing the start 
of something really cool back and forth. I, honestly, I hope it's back and forth. Never mind. Here's my fear, though, to your fear about the Bills or what you said about the Bills, Paul. It's not going to be back and forth. Mahomes is going to continue to win this thing. No, I don't think head so. Head to head with Allen. I don't think so. Who, who's the winner of that game? Not the team winner. Who's the individual winner of that game? I think it's Josh Allen. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. I, I think Josh Allen Patrick proved. Mahomes. He won the game. I, I agree. But we know about the coin flip and everything. Like, who proved himself in that game? Allen proved he could stand toe-to-toe with Mahomes. He lost the game because of the coin flip, like you said. He's they about win to go the to his third. Flip, I mean, we, we assume it. he's about to go to his third Super Bowl, win his second potentially, right. and Allen is still fourth, chasing straight Mahomes, AFC championship Mahomes game. has already proven he's already on the hollowed ground. To me, if you're looking at that game and say who increased his stock the most, it's Josh Allen. Yeah, increased stock, I would agree with you, but I still think Mahomes is the big winner uh, with them winning and going, going to a fourth straight AFC championship, having a chance to go to a third straight Super Bowl, to win a second Super Bowl in three years. They're the favorite now. They're the Vegas betting favorite. I, I just, I, I marvel at, when you watch a game at the end of it, you're sitting there thinking, boy, it's a shame someone has to go home after this. Someone's <laughs> done. Uh, that sounds like kitty talk yeah. that you have after a junior high game that yeah. you watch or something, but it, all those things were true about that game I last was night. rooting hard for the Bills. The more it went, the harder I was rooting. It was hard not to whenever they, they – I mean, Allen had an answer for everything. I mean, it, they go and score on this long drive. Ate up a ton of clock. They score on fourth down and 13 and get the touchdown to Gabriel Davis. I mean, the, the biggest loser was, is Gabriel Davis. Yes, because his – This would have, have gone down going. in history as the Gabriel Davis game if the, if the Bills win the instead game. Instead of the 13-second game, it'd be called the Gabriel Davis yes. game. Yes, I mean, his name would be attached to it. And instead, it's, it's the 13-second score and go to overtime, they win the coin toss and the, and the Chiefs advance, and they deserve it. I mean, they, they had an answer too. But Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey, every time they would take it up a notch on the staircase, Allen responded. And they got the ball back after Tyreek Hill. Oh, by the way... Um, no, no taunting for the deuces on the on the on the touchdown run. NFL doesn't care about the kids seeing that. Uh, deuces on the touchdown run to take the lead with a minute left, and Allen gets the ball back, goes and scores with 13 seconds left to take the lead. And, and it's too much. Kansas now. City still had an answer to take it to overtime. Outstanding. Did you game. think anything at the kickoff there? Did you think about it as it was happening? I thought it's refreshing that they're not doing the squib because I feel like the squib usually hurts you. Because we only talk about the bad squib efforts. When an up-back yeah. fields it and it starts at way better field position than you're expecting. Um, at, in the time, at the time, I thought, oh, they're actually going to kick it deep. Great. They're going to play it out just like they would a normal game in just 13 seconds. I, I, I thought, yeah, it's Mahomes. You thought There's no way. Too little. There's no way. I'm looking at 13 seconds and thinking... They're going to have to hit a Hail Mary on play number one to have one more play to either throw yeah. it from midfield or kick a long field So goal. this changes again how much time is too too much time. For, for football in general, for Mahomes in particular, but I think for Allen, maybe you think the same thing, like 13 seconds is too little. Now if you're playing against one of those guys or a Supreme quarterback, I think you'll never see anybody not squib it again with 13 seconds, 16 seconds, 19 seconds because of what we just saw happen. But just, just how they, they are able to run their offense. I mean, you have to be super aggressive with your offense when playing them. But the fourth down calls, early first quarter, I mean, you've got to go for it. You can't settle for field goals, even though that's a field goal game to get it to overtime and tie it. You've got to 
you've got to go for it and push pedal to the metal with them. They, a, are, they are just outstanding. What a line from Andy Reid. When things are grim, go be the grim reaper. And he was. Mahomes was. Four games and four walk-offs over the weekend. We're going to continue to recap the NFL weekend where both number one seeds on Saturday fall in upsets. 49ers go into Lambeau and win. We see the, the Titans fall to Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, who's headed to the AFC Championship game, not in Nashville, but in Kansas City now. And then the Rams, after giving after leading 27-3 to and that game getting tied. Matthew Stafford comes alive again with a massive throw to Cooper Cup to set up the game-winning field goal. We'll break them all down throughout today's show. This is OutKick 360. We roll on from 6th and Peabody in Nashville. Hope everyone enjoyed what was a thrilling NFL weekend. Either by the TV or seeing some things in person. Outstanding football over those four games, both Saturday and Sunday. The Bengals advance while the Titans play small and big moments. You have number one, Green Bay, also falling to San Francisco. The Niners do what they do to Green Bay in the postseason. They go and win. They beat Green Bay by not even scoring an offensive or defensive touchdown in this game. In the in the cold, in the snow, at Lambeau, the West Coast team goes on the road and wins a low-scoring defensive game with Robbie Gold being good as gold in the postseason uh, yet again, uh, kicking through. And then the Rams get up 27-3 over the Bucks, and somehow, <laughs> somehow, through turnovers and through just Brady connecting with receivers as Brady tends to do late in games, the heroics, they, they storm back late in that game, tie the game, and then Stafford steps up with a massive throw to Cooper Cup to set up the game-winning field goal. Huge moment for Matthew Stafford in the Rams. So to hear those two guys talk about that play, the deep play to Cooper Cup, it never happens. That He's strictly running that to draw the guy with them. There's never time to make that throw. It's ne- they've never thrown it. He's never expected it. And it was a miracle that it was open. Cup said something like, uh, I probably ought to look back at this stage. I've got some space on this guy. Like, it was an absolute miracle that for the first time ever running this play, he was open and Stafford had time. So, I mean, the Rams played a hell of a game, and it was fantastic for them that for the first time, coming back from, from Brady tying it, and the ran uh, and the and the Bucks having all the momentum of coming back from that. Everybody talking about the Atlanta comeback and the Super Bowl and all of that. That the Rams got kind of the <clears throat> the payback uh, in that moment. Got to run up and spike it with four seconds left and set up Gay for the t- for the field goal. Also, an amazing game that would have led this show on any oh. number of weekends. <laughs> uh, all all four of these games would have, but uh, tremendous effort by the Rams who. I mean, early on, had the Bucks look like they weren't even interested in playing. The, the Bucks came out as flat and almost they seemed disinterested. Well, they couldn't. They couldn't block them. They couldn't. And, and that's the one that I look back and think that was egregious by the secondary of Tampa. Oh, you played that hard to get stops. You get handed the turnover on the fumble Four when times. they're trying to just run the clock out. You score again to tie it. 
That was a wild game. I was coming back from out of town, started the game, got to the point where I was going to go take a shower at some point, and it was 27-13, <laughs> and I went to go take a shower, and I came out, and the Bucks had it first and goal at the nine, or third and one, and they were reviewing to see if they got the first down. It was 27-20. to I'm thinking, they, the Rams had the ball 27-13, looking like four minutes left or something at the time, had no idea what happened, then went back and saw the scramble for Tampa to get back into it. But you do all that work to get back into the game. Defensively, offensively, down 27-3, and you let Cooper Cup just run by you? There's not a single safety just waiting back there to at least defend the pass? That was awful. Awful by Tampa defensively in that moment. That, that's as bad as it gets. Knowing the moment, knowing the time left in the game, knowing what your team has gone through to get to that point, terrible. And then, you know, on top of it, Too just much to, get, time. to get back what into it. What did they have, it, 35 seconds? Uh, a little bit more than that, I thought. Maybe, maybe right at. But, I mean, the the to get back into it, you had to have uh, a lot of things go in your favor. And the Rams nearly just handed it right to them. Uh, with Kept the giving fumble. it away. Stafford lost possession. I thought his knee was down. Um, and I thought the broadcast with uh, on NBC didn't point out the knee was down if they would have reviewed the fumble. You know, the recovers it right before the pass to Cup. I didn't think it was a fumble. I mean, he lost the football, but after he was down. Nonetheless, I mean, there are a lot of moving parts to all the, the entire storyline. Uh, you've got Evans, who finally beats Jalen Ramsey down the sideline. Brady throwing a perfect throw down the sideline for the touchdown. And then the fourth and one where everybody's expecting a quarterback sneak, where Brady is so great at that. And they turn and give it to Fournette, who gets into the end zone on fourth and inches. Uh, to tie the game. Yeah, that was too stacked up for a sneak. I, I didn't feel like they were going to sneak there. I mean, part of the reason he's so good at the sneak is because they don't sneak it when it's like a, a wall there of, of people. That's a great run by Fournette. I mean... Uh, and he evades. He's able to to hop over the would-be tackler that's going for the yeah. shoelaces. You know, it was just... They wait too long. They, they just waited too long to, to get it together. And uh, I, I thought the Rams played... Despite the turnovers, uh, you know, well enough, obviously, to, to win that game. But, I mean, this matchup for the NFC Championship, uh, you're playing the NFC Championship at your, at your home place to get into the Super Bowl at your home place um, in, a, in a mismatch of a uh, you know, 6-0 and record. Um, it, it's going to be fascinating to see. You just if, had if the 49ers come tip. back from 17 nothing down to beat them. Uh, in the final week of the season to beat the Rams. Well, they beat them twice this year. Um, yeah. And six times in a Did row. Did you guys catch the Al Michaels homer moment? Or was I reading too much into that? He's a big L.A. sports yes. guy. Yeah, he is. What and is, he's a do? huge, the Kings, L.A. Kings season ticket holder he's talked about. The fumble you mentioned, where he uh, his knee was down, but the ball came out, and Collinsworth was, oh, oh, he just fumbled. And he immediately, oh, he, he you cannot fumble that. No, he did not fumble it. It was a very different departure from Al Michaels' normal play-by-play call. It was almost like a disgusted fan saying, no, he didn't fumble. Give me a break. I don't know if they have that After game After the or other not. fumble, then in that moment to fumble it again with Stafford. It. And what I was it was a very was, weird change in tone, and I immediately thought, maybe, he, I think he's a Rams fan. Like, he's a Rams guy. Well, I was thinking, he, I, I don't know if they have the game next week. We need to look that up. But I was thinking, he, well, he wants a home Bowl. game instead of, damn, a trip to San Francisco. Because he, he doesn't like to travel. That's why he gets the weeks off sometimes. They coincide with 
East Coast games for football night in America and stuff. If they happen to have this game no, next no, no. week, it would have been a trip to Tampa. No, it'll be a CBS. Sorry, not a trip to Tampa. Next week is CBS Fox. No, yeah, it would have been a trip to Tampa. So, but it's CBS Fox. It's CBS but, Fox yeah. for the conference championships, right. and then NBC has the Super Bowl. I immediately, it's he sounded like a fan reacting to yeah. a possible fumble, barking back and saying, "No, he can't fumble." Right? No, he didn't fumble. They're, they're calling him down. It was it was just very un Al Michaels like in the moment. His voice, the tenor of everything he was saying, sounded like a fan commenting on Matthew also, Stafford possibly. I also fumbling. saw someone comment on Twitter. And I thought it was just the perfect analogy. It was like hearing Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth while it's daylight is like running into your teacher in middle school at the mall, <laughs> like where you just it just it's just awkward and you're you're trying to figure awkward. out it was weird the timing of it, you know, and what you say and what you do. Yeah, and, and even even Al Michaels was and sometimes he was like tonight, and then he caught himself and he's like, well, it'll be nighttime by the time this game ends. So. He's like, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm normally used to seeing the, the bright lights of, of Sunday Night Football. I was pleased with both broadcasts I yesterday. Thought that, yeah, I thought oh, well, that was good. Both really good. And, and Romo being on the spectacular game with, with the Chiefs and Bills is just poetic. I mean, it's perfect. Romo, you can't fake his enthusiasm. No. That's what I respect about the guy is he's just giddy calling <laughs> the end of that game. I mean, Mahomes the only guy who could do this, Jim. The only guy. 13 seconds. Only guy could. I mean, he's just going crazy. Uh, he's a fan, you know, uh, uh, towards the end of the game. And I, I think it comes across well, that genuine enthusiasm. That, that game was tiring last night. The last, the yesterday, late afternoon game was a tiring game to watch. I can only imagine. It was but broadcast. even with it being tiring, I wanted them to keep playing. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I want them to go the full 15 minutes. Yeah, me too. Special teams win it for San Francisco against the Green Bay Packers. They block a field goal right before halftime. They block a punt that... No one can find the football. I mean, that football stayed up there forever on the block. And then you have uh, San Francisco return it for a touchdown. Um, and, and before you know it, they're kicking a game winner with, with Robbie Gold, who puts it through in the snow from 45 yards to beat the Packers at Lambeau. We and, they, said, and they do it without a touchdown in offense or we defense. We said the coach with the most to lose was Matt LaFleur. And uh, – I don't know how deep they've gotten into it yet because the first round of this is the special teams being an absolute killer, and I saw Lafleur taking complete blame for that. Oh, how about Aikman in that game? Was it Aikman? It was Aikman on the call. I didn't see the game because uh, I was at the oh, so Nissan it, Stadium. In the so. game, Aikman brings up the fact that the one thing that Lafleur told them in the production meeting was, I hope my special teams don't screw it up. Now, th- there, are some, there are some things that I'm sure you say off the record versus on the record, but... I mean, that was laying it out there exactly what he was it's afraid fear. of. It's yeah, and, and 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 good on Troy Aikman for bringing it up because that was the storyline of the game. That's how San Francisco won it. I mean, they lo- uh, Green Bay lost it in multiple ways because you have to get more offense out of your MVP quarterback, and which has scored plenty of points in the snow. I was there two years ago where they blew up sure. the Titans, who were a very good team in the snow. He did not play well. Uh, They didn't get enough. But to lose a game where not only do you not give up an offensive touchdown, but you don't give up a defensive touchdown. I mean, it's just a preposterous scenario. Congratulations to the 49ers for finding a way. That's the Tennessee Titans game we'll get to. Titans are a -a find-a-way team. The the 49ers did the find-a-way thing this weekend. Um, And it's an incredible win. But, I mean, in Green Bay, there's – Pitchforks and torches out well, for 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 everybody for Lafleur for Rogers for the special teams coach. 
Just just an unbelievable game plan, though, on San Francisco's end, on how they change things. D'Amico Ryans deserves a lot of He's credit great. there. Because in going last week and watching the game that was back in week three, uh, you know, and we dissected it on the show, that Green Bay built a 10-point lead at half, and then San Francisco got back in it. But Green Bay won 30-28 to 28 because of these quick, short passes that just crushed the San Francisco defense. And they took that away completely from Rodgers in this game. They took Adams out of it, uh, and no one else, wide receiver-wise, stepped up. Lazard didn't step up. I mean, there was there was no one. It was an off day for, for Aaron Rodgers, but an off day period for the Green Bay offense that had no answer or rebuttal for whatever Ryan's and, and that San Francisco defense did so well that they adjusted from from the first game plan. D'Amico Ryan's, you could easily argue, was the coach of the weekend uh, on any side of the ball for a coordinator, the job he did with the 49ers defense. And I thought on the block punt, going back to that special teams play, I thought in real time watching it, he took way too long to get the punt off. I'm thinking this is trouble because it's almost like he had an extra half a step on his approach and I'm thinking, kicking it where he was, punting, you need to punt that thing away quickly. Faster, not and it's, slow. And he seemed very slow and deliberate on the, on the punt, and it was blocked easily. And you're right. I mean, Paul, we, we brought this topic up on Friday. Who has the most to lose coaching-wise? It's Matt LaFleur, because Rodgers is saying post-game, and this is a, a we'll get into the future of Rodgers and Brady in hour number two, coming up in an hour from now. But LaFleur now enters an offseason where, again, he doesn't know if Rodgers is going to be back. And as of right now, they are $44 million over the cap for next year. And that's without even signing Devontae Adams, who's going to be a free agent. They're in a, I mean, when you think about opportunity lost, Green Bay, after three straight seasons of 13 wins. This was it. This was, this this was, was the run. Year. And they, they, they go home empty-handed yet again with a one-and-done performance in the divisional round. And speaking of that, the Tennessee Titans one and done for the second consecutive year in the postseason with um, a defensive performance against Cincinnati that was on par, if not better, than what San Francisco did. San Francisco sacked Rodgers five times and then had a game plan that just kept that high-powered offense from moving the football. They only gained like 230 yards total offense against San Francisco. Earlier in the day on Saturday... The Tennessee Titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times, really 11 times. Two sacks didn't count because the whistle was blown after the play had started. One for a timeout, one for a delay a game. And they sack him nine times officially, hit him multiple times. Um, they only allow one touchdown, and that was running. They didn't allow a, pus, uh, a passing touchdown at all in this afternoon. And, and here is the Titans' offense with everybody back that was inept that played small in the biggest moments of the game, both the run and the pass, and they go home with a great opportunity at stake to host the, the AFC Championship game with a chance to adv advance to the Super Bowl, and it's all for naught. Credit Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, who just kept coming back and back, and we knew he would. I mean, the guy's been hit and sacked more than anybody this year and steps up and makes some fantastic throws throughout the season, and he did in the biggest moments. You know, they, they, they found Jamar Chase... Jamar Chase's only catch beyond the line of scrimmage was on the final catch that set up the game-winning field goal. This was just uh, a gut-wrenching loss for the Titans. I was out there this morning, and uh, Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byer, the two best players on the uh, defense with a lot of very good players, 
are talking about how to take it to the next level, the defense has to get more turnovers. They're lamenting their inability to get takeaways against Cincinnati in a game where they, they got nine sacks. They, they can't lament the real problem, which is Ryan Tannehill threw the ball away three times. Really bad interceptions that just put this team in a hole it could not dig out of. It t- yeah, would it be nice if the defense got takeaways and was, was the 85 Bears? Sure. But what would be nice is if it could count on the offense, not to gift wrap the ball to Cincinnati, especially the last one when the Titans were taking too much time but could have conceivably wound up with a long field goal to win the game or at the very least wind up in overtime. Ryan Tannehill throws for Nick Westbrook-Akina, who's double-covered with Eli Apple getting a hand in there and leading to an interception. When Nick, uh, when when uh, Anthony Ferks are standing wide open, you know, a Would couple, couple a degrees down. over to the middle, could have gotten a first down and kept things moving. Ryan Tannehill, and we talked about this last weekend, could have changed the perception of himself as a postseason quarterback. Instead, he exponentially enhanced it. Well, and if this team is going to advance, he's definitely on this team next year because of money. If they're going to win, he's got to be game manager, mistake-free, and they've got to win it with defense and the running game. This guy appears incapable of lifting this team in high-pressure mm-hmm. moments. Hutton and I were texting each other. He was tight. He threw an interception on the first play of the game, which was a poorly designed play. Todd Downing was also awful. And the offense, with everybody back, like you said, Mustered 16 damn points. Mike Vrabel said all the right things after the game, and no coach should ever pin any game on one player or one coach or one person. But things are obvious. But I'll say what Mike Vrabel can't. Ryan Tannehill lost this game for the Titans. Plain and simple. It's not on Todd Downing. He wasn't great. He did enough to win the game if Ryan Tannehill's not awful. Three picks. Opening the game with a pick, and here's my big issue with Ryan Tannehill. When he threw that pick to start the game, I turned to the people I was watching the game with and said, Tannehill's done in this game. In the tank. Derrick Henry needs to rush for 240 yards the Titans are going to win because he's not going to trust his eyes. He's not going to trust what he's seeing. If they have a guy deep open down the field like they did A.J. Brown, he's going to overthrow them by 10 yards because he's going to be scared of throwing another pick. Uh, Even in a moment where he should have trusted his eyes to see triple coverage late, he still tries to force it to Nick Westbrook-Akina, and great, throw it to Ferkser in that play. At least it goes to overtime. But here is the damning part of that game to me. His coaches had no faith in him. They were playing for overtime with the football close to midfield after opening the drive with a completion and a nice game. They had zero confidence in their quarterback to get them in field goal position. Now let's juxtapose that to the Kansas City-Buffalo finish. Any of those coaches have any issues with those guys going down and getting them in a position to score a touchdown or kick a field goal? And that is the gap between the really good and the great. And the Titans will never be great with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Plain and simple. I'll admit what a lot of Titans fans are having a hard time coming to grasp grips with today. We saw Ryan Tannehill's ceiling two years ago. Or sorry, not this season, the year before. So a year ago. 2020 was his ceiling. He got much worse this year. He was even worse in the playoffs. He's got a passer rating of 50.5 in the postseason. Jared Goff is 79.9. And the Rams traded him away because they could not win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. And they got Matthew Stafford, 
who's not exactly the most clutch quarterback in the land. And guess what? Matthew Stafford led his team to an NFC championship with similar talent to what the Titans have around Ryan Tannehill. This is on Ryan Tannehill. They will not win a Super Bowl as long as he is there. I'll admit it. Titans fans are reluctant to admit this, but it is fact. Well, and coming up, another fact is that Todd Downing was simply outcoached in this game. And he was outcoached on the previous Tuesday when they put the game plan together. That's next on Outkick 360. It was a great job by Zach Taylor and Lou Anaruo, the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, and the plan they put in place for the Titans offense. Welcome back to Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Joe Burrow continues to win. Up next for the Cincinnati Bengals, a trip to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs this coming Sunday afternoon as the Titans are sent home packing. And guys, and watching that game back, there are a lot of a lot of things that if you watch the plays, Cincinnati knew was coming. Mike Hilton on his interception um, as the Titans got into scoring position after a long run in the second half, Tannehill throws the pick on a Hilton nickel blitz, and it's a beautiful play. But earlier in the game, very similar play, Hilton blitzed and nearly got a fingertip on the football and what was a completed pass to Chester Rogers on the outside that gained like three yards. They knew the tendencies of the offensive coordinator and Todd Downing, who didn't change up very much despite getting his full arsenal back. Yeah. They 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 knew what was coming. Since he knew the read option on the third and one for Tannehill. You can watch them and how they defend it. Wasn't even, even with a, a backup defensive lineman uh, in the game on the interior. And uh, first play of the game, play action didn't fool them. Everybody in the stadium was expecting play action. And there action. was nobody for the for for the interceptor, Bell, to to pay attention to on the other side that kept him from jumping Julio Jones. You you said it perfectly there. They got everybody back. They had this extra time, maybe not to prepare for Cincinnati, but to prepare. Where was the newness? Where were the wrinkles? Where was this expansion? I understand they kept it relatively simple when Cody Hollister was one of the top three receivers, when Deontay Foreman was freshly new off the street and all of that. But here you had what, you know, should have been this much more um, intricate offense with, with everybody. And we didn't see anything that suggested that at all. So that leads me to think they thought, well, we could beat the Bengals with simplicity. We're going to straight out play them and that says to me they underestimated Cincinnati's defense. Well, I think the one play that worked uh, really well was the direct snap to Henry for the touch, the first sure. touchdown. You know that looked it looked nice, well designed, relatively easy. You know, run into the end zone for Henry on that one. And I don't want to make too much about teams knowing tendencies and knowing what plays coming. Watching the Chiefs Bills last night, and Tony Romo's pointing out that Sean McDermott is running down the sideline saying, option right, option right. right. As soon and they as played the it perfectly because that tight end went under center, and they, they knew the play. They'd run it this year where they run the option right in, in short yardage situations. I want to go back to the third and one, uh, the, 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 the option Tannehill keep, and then that led to the fourth and one where Derrick Henry had no chance and really didn't have a chance when he started shuffling his feet in the backfield, which is very un-Derrick Henry-like on a fourth-and-one play like that, not to say it would have gotten either way. Um, sneak the football. That's one area where you can be as simple as possible. They can know exactly what you're doing 
or think they know what you're doing, and your athletic quarterback will pick up the yard on third and one. That drove me crazy in that moment because it was a chance for the Titans to do something very simple and easy and pick up a first down, and they didn't. They went back to something that had worked during the season, but Hutton, you're right. The Bengals knew it was coming. They know exactly what was happening on that play, and you're snapping the ball back. It's just, to me, so easy and not utilizing up. Just sneak the ball. Well, Go under center and sneak it in those moments. What he's reading is the defensive end. And the problem is, there was there, it, both reads were wrong because the defensive end beat Questenberry. Questenberry, a name that's been a problem all year. But look, I don't care what the play calls are there. You, you said you liked the two-point conversion because this is a get-a-yard team. Well, they didn't get a yard on the two-point conversion. They didn't get a yard on two chances on third and one and fourth and one with two guys who are pretty good at getting a yard. Uh, the quarterback who's, who's very good running and the running back who's back from injury. You've got to get a yard on one of those two plays, period. You lose the game because you don't get that yard. You're in field goal range there, right? Well, yeah. No, the, the, those are those are enormous plays. And, and I like the play to go for two uh, after the penalty on Cincinnati because it was, to me, the Titans uh, announcing their identity. That, okay, you're going to screw up. We're going to make you pay by using our offensive line, being more physical, and getting one yard to get two points. I thought it was a message being sent from Mike Vrabel to his team. This is our identity. This is what we do. The team didn't deliver. They didn't execute. Maybe the play call, whatever. You can look at a number of ways. But I want to go back to sending a message to your team also with Mike Vrabel. On the flip side of that, Mike Vrabel is telling his team, we don't have a quarterback on that final sequence. Yeah. They, are, they are taking their time. They're flipping the ball back to the ref. They're huddling. He throws that pick with 20 seconds left. On a third down play where they're not even a midfield. Well, they took they took over with what two minutes and forty seconds. Yes, and they didn't try to push it past midfield until twenty eight seconds. Here's what he said seconds. today. He said, "I really thought we'd get a conversion on the third down, call timeout, have twenty three seconds and one timeout, execute those situations like we did all year, and kick a field goal to win, and it didn't happen." But I, that's well, they would have to, to me that three straight passes. That's after complete not doing BS anything. from him. Yeah, it is. They, you're you're going to throw – so your your percentage play is we'll let the clock run down, and with 28 – this is our goal. We're going to get it, not even to midfield, just take our time, take our time, not use timeouts, attempt a pass on, I think, a third and seven with 28 seconds left, hope to complete that pass, and then we'll call timeout and maybe run one or two more plays it was odd. to get in field goal it, range. It was odd how slow they were operating. You could bleed the clock later with a timeout to stop it, when you need to, I should also point stop. out, like they, they, he they, also said, get a fifty-two yard field goal, which they passed up on earlier in the game by going for it on fourth and one and third. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't want to put Randy Bullock out there. The wind is going the same direction. They didn't want to put Randy Bullock out there then, but all of a sudden they're trying to set up a fifty-two yarder with Randy Bullock. I'm with Chad on that. I, I thought it was a complete lack of confidence in your quarterback to not turn the football over, not press the issue and give the ball back to, to Joe Burrow to go set up a game-winning score. They were, more, also, they were more scared about giving the giving yes. the ball back to Joe Burrow, who and had been sacked nine times in complete domination, than they were confident in their quarterback to make the right read and move them down the field for the win. So you're talking about Vrabel sending messages. I don't disagree with anything you guys said. 
you know, who didn't send the message is Tannehill. Tannehill did not take enough account at the podium. He talked in we's. He didn't talk in I's. When you're a leader of a team like this, you have to stand up and say, I stunk. And he didn't. He didn't. And he hasn't enough this year. And you do that because the whole team has your back. Everybody's busy telling us how it's not his fault, which is why the quarterback has to say, it's my fault. Then you get the whole picture. The best message sent was A.J. Brown, who said 12-5 and is pointless. Pointless. That's not what we're playing for. We're playing for a Super Bowl, just like last year when we all said it was a waste. Coming up uh, a little bit later, we'll get back into Titans and Bengals and discuss Joe Burrow's ascension in the AFC. But we discuss some veterans next, the future of Rodgers and Brady on OutKick 360.